one, breaker one, this is Shark Pants Free Radio. Gamers, get your ears on, because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos. And for Shark Pants Gamers? No, not you. Ah, crap. Get ready, all you grimdark goons, for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark Live. This is the fucking road! Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and as always, I got... Chuck, Justin, and guess what, man? All the way from Spanish Fork, Utah, I got the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. I got Randy back with us. What do you What do you hear? What do you say, fellas? How are you? Awesome. Very Heck good. Yeah. Heck yeah, we're awesome, man. We got yeah. a, we got a hell of a show ahead of us tonight. And look, guys, you know we got we got Randy back. So behave yourself tonight, all right? You two, behave yourself. We got no. Randy with us. No. <laughs> Randy, yeah, what's up, no. man? You you got some stuff. Uh, you get some holdover. What's that, Randy? Yeah, this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got some holdover topics uh, from 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 last week that you're going to be touching on, in addition to helping us with our conversation on the show today, right, right, Randy? Yeah, I, I'll help you with all the conversation you need. Oh, I, I know that, man. I know that, and we, we've got we generally have some pretty great topics. By the way, after the show, I got to talk about that one thing that we talked about the other day about that stuff. Oh you know, yeah, that, yeah, by that one place. Yeah, just keep it on the down low. You know? Right, got it, got it. Down low, man, all the way down low. Justin, you with us? You got it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. No problem. Let's. Chuck looks stunned. He's like, "Was I part of that conversation?" Yes, Chuck. You remember that one thing we talked about about that time about those people about that? Place? It was the other day. Yeah, right. The other day, not yeah, not the other, the other day, day, but the day before that. Remember that one? Right. All yep. Right. In the morning, not the afternoon. Well, sort of. Right. You're close. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right there. Two different time zones. Two different time zones. You know, but but at the same time. Yeah, that's. I guess. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So right, right now, right now, like everybody out there that's watching short right now, that's on like LSD, is kind of going, "What, what, what's going on, man?" All right, we are. We're, we're back. Here we go. So, um, hello, everybody. Welcome, uh, welcome, and thank you very much for joining us again for the Grimdark Grimdark Live. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So here it is. We got uh, we got a topic tonight that I think was was long coming because. You know, we, we, we play in this in this game, and who do we play with? Well, people in our clubs, you know. And the funny thing about it is the gaming world has seen its share of crazy times, really, to say the least. I think I think anybody on the show or anybody watching would, would definitely agree with that. Uh, we had the end times in Warhammer Fantasy Battles, uh, the literal end of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, the rocky start to Age of Sigmar, uh, to when everybody was panicking a bit when, you know, the Warhammer, you know, the old world was introduced and everyone thought in three years' time that, that all their local AOS players are going to leave and run off and go back to, you know, rank and plank and play a different game uh, to really the, the, the present day, you know, with this whole pandemic and COVID and everything. But you know what? Um, there's always going to be crazy times and you can bet on that in the future. Uh, see, anytime you watch Grimdark Live, you know you're going to get crazy times. But um, but what really I'd have to say is the glue that, that held the community together. I'd have to say, you know, more than tournaments or uh, Saturday previews, it was, it was gaming clubs. It really was. I mean, your gaming club, our gaming club, 
uh, you know, all of them held this community together. And, and tonight here on Grimdark Live, we are going to be talking about the fundamentals to a successful gaming club and the key mm. points to that gaming club to thrive. Right, guys? Yep. Yep. So I think I think it's important because, I mean, all of us, all of us, I mean, we're all part of the same gaming club. I mean, you know, Chuck, you know, he's he's got a couple of side action gaming clubs. You know, Chuck is really kind of a, you know, gaming club aficionado, you know, sometimes, you know, a gaming club kind of a, you know, sultry individual kind of a, you know, he's, he, he gets around, you know. He's, he's, sultry individual. Okay, he's, got it. He's got quite a reputation <laughs> with all the gaming clubs, you know. uh no, but but honestly, I mean, you know, fellas, what I mean, you know, was I was I I mean, we all agree with that. I mean, gaming clubs are really the glue that holds this community together, right? And and in a way, some of those clubs out there can kind of be the reason why people are repulsed by this game, right? Very true. Yes. On both on both fronts. So, I mean, I think I think we're going to get into this a little bit more, but I think we can all kind of get our thoughts together on this topic and say, you know, yeah, there's there are gaming clubs that we can think of that are pretty darn good. And I personally think that the gaming club that I belong to is the best that I've ever belonged to. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have met or gamed with these three compadres around the show with me tonight for sure. Uh, and, and this club forces them to have to deal with me every single week. So it's kind of good. Um, but all I, out of love, brother. That's it, man. All it's, it's, it's all done out of love. But I think the other thing is I think we all can kind of look back and reflect on those clubs that we're, we're also pretty damn happy that we got away from. Um, so we're going to be talking about that here on tonight's show. So a lot of, um, a lot of good stuff, man. But plus we got a lot in the news. We got a lot coming up, man. I mean, all of a sudden we went from like this doldrum of nothing. I mean, Justin, just before the break, you and I were kind of sharing something that you're going to kick off the news with at the top of the, well, actually right after the rumor engine, we can't interrupt the rumor engine because you know, it just came out today in Grimdark live. We were, we're, we're telling everyone about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, you got you got some stuff, Justin. You're going to be kind of hitting us with uh, right at the news, right? Yeah, a little bit. And you know, and honestly, I'm kind of glad you're going to be talking about it because uh, I had kind of forgotten about it, and it's you know just kind of a, a big deal. Um, so yeah, we got some we got some good stuff to uh, to get into. But here's the big question, man, and we're gonna we're gonna roll right into this one because I think uh, I think it's about time, and I can finally participate in this one this year. So fellas, let, let's let's hear it, man. Are you are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What do you guys uh, What do you guys got on the hobby? table so let's uh actually you know we 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 might have to hit with uh with with randy on this one because i know that uh you know last week he was out you want you want me to tell everybody why you weren't here randy do you want to you want me to explain your situation a little bit or do you think you think we should just leave that for another time oh you go go explain you know Well, you know what? I, I, I got to remember the listeners. Look, plus Chuck looks petrified. He doesn't want to hear that story again. You know, I, I can't do it. To him. Oh, all right. Well, I guess we can skip it this time. All right. Here it is. So let's 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 talk about it, Randy. Get, in, get into it, man. Tell us tell us your tale. You're not sniffing glue at all. No, no, no. I was sniffing two glues. You know, you get the whole <laughs> point. Here know. we go. Randy is back. Yeah. So uh, my next uh, anvil of apotheosis is coming out. Uh, We'll upload Wednesday night to Thursday morning. It is the uh, old 5th uh, edition Slanesh character, uh, Delcella. Uh, it's a, you know, uh, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, it'll lead into some more, uh, an actual first narrative uh, battle report uh, for the, uh, not the upcoming one, but the following. And it's going to lead into some, some pretty cool stuff, so... Very cool, dude. You, you you put those together really, really well. And you think it's going to be out uh, tomorrow or Thursday, maybe? 
uh, Wednesday night. Oh, cool. So, All right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely by tomorrow then. Those those things are so cool. And, and you really, I mean, if you guys remember from a few weeks ago when, when Randy was on, we kind of looked at his uh, anvil of apotheosis. We're going to talk about that, which, by the way, folks, for Armed Forces Day this year, Armed Forces Day 4 tournament, you can have one free anvil of apotheosis character to go along with your 2,000-point army. But more to come on that later on. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna completely push Randy out of the way. He's never on the show anymore. Uh, no. But so, so a little bit, a little bit on that one. So how about more of you? So this is coming up. This is your anvil of apotheosis. Anything else you want to share on that one, or are you gonna leave it for the video? Uh, that would be for the video. You know, the following is gonna be a uh, uh, orc uh, uh, big boss on on boar. It's gonna go into a list oh. of two. Uh, uh, idols of Gork, so that'll be kind of fun in a Drakfoot army. So, oh, that <laughs> nice. is cool. That is cool. Yeah. I, I really do love the Anvil of Apotheosis, man. The creativity is just unbelievable. But speaking of creativity, man, if you guys have been hanging around on Twitter and kind of seeing what Chuck has been putting together, man, it's it's off the charts. And last week we showed you some of his work, and that's another guy in the club here that's definitely not sniffing glue. But uh, Chuck, I mean, these pictures are amazing, man. I mean, this is yeah, good stuff. So. So you're kind of leading into that. So this is the the second uh, character that I sort of converted up in the last couple of weeks. And um, this is a picture, I believe, that you're showing of Jacob, uh, the Mega Gargant Slayer. Um, basically went through and did like a lot of final highlights on this guy. And over the weekend, I made uh, a video. And so I will be putting that video out tomorrow. It'll be on Twitter and we'll get some links onto the YouTube with it. So if you are um, on Twitter, follow me at ODT Gaming, follow Justin at DH Miniatures, and then follow, obviously, yourself um, at G, and we will get that up and going. It's got like a 360 of it, um, some work-in-progress shots, and then also um, just some close-ups of uh, what we did. It's like a minute long. But, you know, basically, with doing these smaller characters, I hope that we're kind of like feeding into the anvil of apotheosis uh theme that we're getting into especially with the tournament coming up in june that's also somewhere where you could use a small character on a 30 millimeter meter base that you would convert up use in game um i i just really also want to try and inspire people to convert a little bit and then also paint those characters that you can use in your army well, Chuck, as far as inspiration, man, you know, you definitely uh, do that. I mean, uh, you got me off my ass this week to, to get out there and actually start uh, working on my ogre army again because it was, uh, it was, it was sorely needed. And uh, but you're, you're, yeah, man, bravo to you too as well. I mean, good stuff. So yeah, so so give them your Twitter information one more time, man. Uh, so sorry, I kind of went through that fast. Yeah, at Twitter, you can follow myself at ODT. It stands for Over the Top. Uh, because, because over the top was already taken. Um, and yes. then yourself at Noblar G, or you can search Grim Dark Live. And then I believe Justin is DH Miniatures uh, on Twitter. So all those are linked on my profile. We've got our sponsors on there too. Uh, I just put a, a link out there with the show. So go follow that um, and then follow us on YouTube and get into you know our various groups and see you know the latest things that we tweet and put online and 
you'll be in the news and in the feed. Yeah, and I want to say real quick before we get to Justin, don't judge these guys off of anything you've seen me do as far as hobby. <laughs> wow. It's terrible. It's 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 wow. it's absolutely yes. terrible. So I, I would I would just I would just implore all of you to please uh, not not judge these guys off of my terrible work. But you know, Justin, as a matter of fact, I mean, you're definitely not uh, sniffing glue there, my man. You're you're kind of on it, and uh, I want to make sure that. Um, that that you get uh, you get your moment here. So let, let's let's kind of do a little uh, little show and tell. Well, I am cranking pretty heavily for a couple boards for uh, Armed Forces Day. I'm building some terrains, scrap built trees. Uh, everything's built out of dowling and wire and fun things like that. And with a little creativity, we've got large scale structures coming. This is going to be a fairly large tree fort slash castle building in the middle of one of our tables. Behind me, I've got a bunch of the table terrain pieces that are already getting put together and getting ready to go to paint and things of that matter. And, of course, miniatures and everything else. I've uh, I've been pretty busy this week. I mean, a lot of this is just on my downtime. So what I get done, I get done. Well, I got to tell you, man, it, it, it looks it looks amazing. I mean, that is some that is some really good work you, you got there. I mean, and, and, you know, and the effort that you put into that, uh, you know, I, I have trouble making ice cubes. So I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing with with, with what you're able to uh, to do for sure. Yeah, it's all built with scrap too. So it's it's stuff you find around your house or can go to the dollar store to get most of it. It's you, really really inexpensive. You literally just described my entire life built with scrap. <laughs> Good deal. Well, hey, you know what? I uh, I'm also not sniffing glue. Finally, I decided that um, in in a conversation about. Uh, uh, you know, conversions and, you know, different things like that. I decided that I was going to work on my little uh, uh, Yetis, you know, and, and are they done? Not Yeti. All right. That was a little joke, but uh, yeah, I, um, I wanted to work on those to get those done because the, um, uh, the inspiration really from, from this whole team here that's put these things together has, uh, has really kind of left me in the lurch to kind of stop sniffing glue. And so uh, it's a great inspiration piece. But, yeah, what I've done is I, I took some Crip Horror bodies. Uh, I've, done, I've done a few of these before. You guys that, that have gamed with me have kind of seen these on the table, but I wanted to get more Yetis on the table. So I took Crypt Horror bodies uh, from Flesh Eater Quartz. I took Fenrisian Wolves from 40K and put their heads on there and, and kind of had to do some sanding and kind of moving some of the – getting rid of some of the bones and all that kind of stuff that were sticking through the arms and um, – Kind of ran with those because I've got a I've got a new list I want to try out that's got a ton of Yetis on it. But as I said, that's going to be probably by the next war meet I'll uh, I'll unveil those things for the uh, for the ogres. And I'm working on giants too, uh, but I've kind of got uh, uh, crapped out on those right now. I haven't had much time, and they deserve a lot of attention and time that I definitely don't have. So I may have to uh, hornswoggle one of my compadres here to uh, to help me out. So I'm so I'm not sniffing glue at those damn things. But uh, but yeah, so I I think. Um, I think that's everything, man. But I mean, I, I, what I love about this segment, and we just started doing this on the show, is is it really, I think for me, as somebody that is terrible at this at this hobby, it, it not only does it inspire me personally to watch what you three are doing, but it, it, it motivates me to be a better version of myself in, in the world of this of this hobby. You know, so it's kind of like when, you know, when you hang around somebody that really knows how to play the game really well, it, it, it makes you want to be a better version of you, of a gamer. So I want to thank you guys for that because you guys have really done a, a tremendous job in, uh, in motivating my lazy ass for sure. So thank you. 
So I stunned them. Like, they're like, wow, that's not a dirty joke this time. He actually says things like they were waiting for something that, you know, had to do with, you know, uh, a cucumber, a Tuesday afternoon and a bottle of whiskey. But see, I didn't go there, Chuck. You can't look at me like that. I didn't do it. You're welcome. All right. See, I'm already becoming a better, better version. No, <laughs> not really. All right, guys. Well, you guys ready for the news? I know I am. Six that's Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey, gang. Today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's 6-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. We got the news, man. Here we are. I wanted to kind of throw this out there because, you know, I completely gaffed here, guys. Right before we went to the uh, to the news, I completely forgot to bring up our little peek behind the curtain at the question of the day. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of roll that out there right now. Pretend this is a news topic. So here it is. So, but don't answer this right now or I'm going to screw up more of the show. Um, so here, here it is. Here's the question of the day. Now, don't answer this because we're going to be re-asking this here later on in the show. And, of course, because Randy is now, you know, uh, off the bar stool and decided to join us, we're going to kind of throw this question at him first. So here it is. What, you know, will the expected summer transition from Age of Sigmar 2.0 to 3.0 be a simply streamlined version of Age of Sigmar? Or will it offer a radical change to the play style and the meta for the game? So there it is. That's the, uh, that's the question of the day here coming up uh later on on uh, grimdark live so all right well let's get into this man we got the rumor engine that uh, i know that you guys probably may have come across already because they do release those little uh, little nuggets of info on uh, on tuesdays so here is the rumor engine right here so i'm thinking karadron maybe 40k related stuff maybe maybe sky goblins randy maybe we're getting our freaking sky goblins dude what do you think what are we looking yeah, at here you know like if they if they follow the same like for, like forum that the the Blood Bowl team with their two pump wagons had, but you know a valve could be so many different things in you know all the 40k universe or even you know Steam related, so yeah. it could be any of things. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, I don't know, Chuck. What do you think? Uh, it's a good question. Um... Personally, I think it might be orcs, but that's because everything I see online is orcs, and uh, orcs are the best, and we just need more choppas and more bodies. That's but, it. Uh, no, I'm... 
I, I don't know. We're going to have to kind of wait and see. I mean, with the release coming this weekend, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it would be something that they would reveal on a, a big Saturday when they've been feeding all this uh, stuff in the news. But um, hopefully we can get the unveiling here within the next couple, you know, couple yeah. weeks. Right. Right. I, I'm looking at it kind of curious. But, Justin, what do you think, man? It's either Keratin Overlords or Cities of Sigmar. Yeah. You know what? When I first saw it, I thought, "Oh, Caradron Overlords." Um, but then, you know, looking at it, it's got, uh, it's got that like spaceship or maybe submarine-looking thing. Maybe it's, but I, I really hope it's our it's our Sky Goblins. I mean, to me, when I'm looking at this thing right now, and all truth, it, it looks like some sort of a vault. Uh, the, I guess the main material that you're looking at there in in the back seems to be some dark-colored stone. And 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 if you look la- like like lastly, look at the look at the design. Uh, of the mechanics um, they really don't fit any of the usual suspects as far as their design principles i mean if you think about that think about imperium or admech space orcs uh Crowdron overlords but it it to me i'm looking at this it, it is otherwise it looks kind of it looks kind of generic almost like kind of almost uh like like not really much detail to it. I mean, the most distinctive feature on it being the, the, the that dark stone-looking material. So, I don't know. Well, I'm thinking... And it looks too neat for goblins. I was really hoping goblin pirates, but it looks too neat for them. This is a hatch or a door. Yeah, in, right. In some way. If you look at the... Uh, would be the left-hand side or the right-hand side of the picture where there's the two larger blocks on the top. Okay. Those are Those are hinges. Yeah. You've got the centralized piece with the piston lock in it, and then the two caliper things on the side or the, where the rivets are, that's the lock pins. So that's a hatch. Okay. I, and I'm I'm almost thinking this is either going to be something with Cities of Sigmar be a new war machine, possibly a larger version of the steam tank, which would be amazing, or a new Caradon Overlord ship. Hmm. Okay. Do you guys agree with that? What do you guys think? Yeah, because I would think that the, the Sky Pirates for goblins and stuff would be more like glued together planks, you know. Like you'd have, hole, you, you, you'd have yeah. holes and all yeah. kinds of stuff through it. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's too clean. It's too clean. Too yeah. clean. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, we just we just had uh, we just had somebody on the chat go, Necromunda, uh, probably. Maybe. Yeah, I mean. Maybe. Why not? Um, me, I think it just might be new terrain, not even faction specific, now that I'm really kind of looking at it. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be a kick in the ass? If it was just something blasé like that. Hey, that'd be nice for if it was a piece of terrain that could be used by Cities of Sigmar, Carrot, and Orlords, or any order faction. Because I mean, there's yeah. or yeah. you know, or just a piece of terrain in general. How, when was the last time we got a, a AOS terrain kit released for us? You know what, the Justin, that's a good point. What if it is a generic order specific terrain piece from our God Sigmar? Maybe. You and the Sigmar yep. thing all the time. Every <laughs> single show, it's the Sigmar. Can't Randy and I be upset that it's not Sky Goblins for once without hearing about Stormcast and Sigmar? Stormcast. It could be Stormcast. I agree with you, Pat. Well, we just we haven't we haven't had a decent terrain kit released for AOS in a while. Besides faction specific, Chuck, and look what you it, did. Look at nice you got them all wound up. Thing. Now he won't be quiet. Look what you did, oh. Chuck. It's not a it's not a hatch wheel for you know the next vault coming out you know come on <laughs> uh, it's too small that's how they it's hold too on small. that 
maybe this is a really big picture that they shrunk down but this could also be the chamber vault that they open up and that's how the storm cast the storm cast eternals are not underneath gringotts given up man <laughs> <laughs> all right we got to keep rolling because this is this is going to get ugly here man chuck keeps talking about his <laughs> storm cast all right, here it is. So we got the we got the Warhammer previews that are coming up this Saturday, and the title of this one is called Faith and Damnation. Um, so this Faith and Damnation online preview, I guess the three silhouettes are interesting, and the Osiarch Archer is intriguing. That one I kind of like. I wasn't a big fan of the whole faction, but seeing that they're going to get a pretty bitchin' uh, Archer, and, and here a little bit later on in the news, we're going to be taking a look at a character that was revealed, that um, I don't know, man. It kind of shizzles my nizzle a little bit. I'm kind of checking this army out a whole in a whole new light. I mean, what do you think, man? Guys, what do we? What do you? What do you think about the Saturday preview? What do you think we're going to get? You know what? I truthfully couldn't tell you. I mean, hopefully, maybe some a little more linking into the Techless book coming for book two for Broken Realms. Uh, I know. That, I know that the OBR is one of the featured races in Techless because it's Techless versus Death. So. Maybe we're going to see the new faction stuff coming for that. Uh, some new heroes. I know there's new 40K stuff in, in the release because we yeah, see it. There's, right. a tech, there's a tech marine there. And yeah. I just hope we get some good, honest to God, releases or updates to some of these books. I, uh, I, I like how Chuck starts out with, honestly, I can. No, Chuck, we want you to. I mean, uh, uh, Justin, we want you to lie to us. Go ahead. That's fine. Hell no. <laughs> Okay, right. okay. I, I want a bunch of uber dragons that literally roll one dice and wipe out an army. How about See, that? See, much more exciting. All right, no, I'm kidding with you. Chuck, what do you got, man? That's what do you the think? next Stormcast book is probably Flying Dragons. Oh, Why wouldn't it be? Son of a... <laughs> a bunch of drakes and stuff. I mean, look, they did Mega Guardians, so why can't we have Stormcast Mega Dragons? I mean, you already uh... have a Mega Dragon. You don't need another one. Tell you what, just when you think enough, you're first. just when you think you're safe, folks, some asshole is going to start bringing up <laughs> nobblers on this show or something. Who knows? Oh no, not nobblers again. All okay, right. uh, so my two cents in a tin can. Um, the one on the right, I do believe that's going to be a uh, Osiric Bone Reaper Archer. I think that we're going to get slapped in the face with an Archer. Uh, maybe some other stuff scattered around with the OBR, and we're probably going to have some people who are like super happy about that because it'll offer a third dimension to the army. Um, mm -hmm. which I don't think anybody really wants to deal with archers while you have a lead infantry that just can do 40 mortal wounds and kill everything. Uh, the central guy, we're going to, that's some type of 40 K hero. Obviously we've got a gun, uh, that looks like a laser pistol in his hand. And I think the one on the left, and I'm not sure if we mentioned this, I think it's going to be some type of grave Lord hero cool. potentially. We'll have to see. Um, but I think a lot of people online were saying it was going to be Blood Knight related. Um, but I think it, it might be Blood Knight, but it's going to be more focused on Gravelord. Because this release is all going to be about, one, either pushing uh, new products or new releases and books coming out. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, cool. I like that. I like that. I mean, Randy, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the... Well, we know we know the guy in the middle is an Admech. I I'm really firmly believe that the guy on the right is an Admech Archer. What do you think, man? What is that guy on the left? I was thinking, I was thinking Blood Knight, but then also they they released that uh, that skeleton hero on on Steed, you know, uh, Wraith King. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that Wraith Lords, yeah. That may, that may be a new, you know, Bone, you know, skeleton yeah. rider. You know, like I said, like or it could be a dual kit, like half vampire or you know, you know, some type half of skeleton, half vampire, yeah, yeah, kit or whatever. We'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, I, I really would 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 love the new units added to the, to, to the army, especially the archer. When we're talking about the Osiarch bone reapers, I kind of like what, what you guys were saying, because 
uh, he, he's probably, unfortunately, though, or fortunately, however you want to put it, I think he's, he's probably from the Warhammer Underworlds OCR Warband that, that we've kind of been, you know, getting tickled on. I think that could be it. I'm not sure um, if they're going to follow suit uh, with, uh, with, with adding that to the army directly. And I think the one on the left is, is pretty interesting because listening to what, uh, specifically what, what Chuck and, and Randy were saying just now, I think it possibly could be a mounted death unit, maybe a... Uh, Maybe even Blood Knights. I don't know. I mean, I think people were hoping for uh, for that on the last preview, and uh, we didn't get that. So I'm thinking this preview is going to be pretty uh, pretty widely watched. And you know, speaking of um, speaking of watch times, I mean, here it is. So it looks like it's going to be another one of those uh, those those. You know, I think I think in the states here, uh, New York time, it's going to be 10 o'clock here in the Chicagoland area, nine o'clock. So you can kind of you know, sleep in a little bit and, uh, and kind of wake up. Uh, Cause I think the other ones were like at seven forty-five in the morning and for like, and for like a gamer, that's like, that's like terrible. That's like, you know, they might as well, you know, they like, they should have just stayed up all night or something like that. So, yeah. yeah so we know that that's when uh, those things are, are coming about, but you know, I really do like these as, as, as a, as a side note, before we kind of get into the next topic here on the news, I really like what GW is doing with these Saturday reveals. Don't you guys? Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy it. Like quarterly reveals, the you know, kind of like a roadmap, you know, to see what's coming out. I tell you, I think in a way it kind of got everybody through COVID in a way. You know, they they kind of kept everybody, you know, their their attention drawn on on other stuff. But but yeah, the, yep. so the, so there you have it, man. So so if you're around uh, the New York area or anywhere in the states, you're you're looking at uh, you know between ten and ten o'clock, nine o'clock, and you know those mountain and Pacific time people, they're just gonna have to get up really early. So, all right, here it is, man. We are moving on. So here's something I thought was pretty interesting. You know, speaking of sneak peeks on a Saturday, we got this uh, uh, Canons Reapers. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, This is a new OCR warband for the Warhammer Underworlds. The full team is going to be revealed this Saturday. They did actually, you know, come out and say that. So that's where I'm thinking possibly that that archer could be for this new warband. But regardless... uh, the model mm-hmm. is exquisite. I think they finally turned a corner, listened to the uh, community a little bit, and kind of redressed up the Oceanic Bone Reapers. I mean, gang, what do you think about this model? That model's fantastic. And the axe head that we were wondering about for all those rumor engines ago is right there forefront. And he's on a 40 millimeter base, so he's as big of an ogre as an ogre or bigger. Yeah. 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 I mean, Chuck, Randy? I mean, I think they're prime the pump for the uh, this release, and every OBR player that doesn't need archers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Backfield support for my elite infantry that kill everything anyway. Okay, you almost, you almost wonder if go. this guy has some kind of killing blow capability. You know, like just slain. That would be kind of cool. Not that we need that. No, not that we need that, but it <laughs> yeah. would still be cool. It, it's funny because, you know, when you bring that up, it does it does kind of play a little bit into our question of the day that we mentioned earlier, you know, as far as, you know, uh, and even on a previous show, you know, like when we started talking about, you know, are they going to bring back unit strength, which they kind of already have, you know. Uh, but, but Randy, yeah. what do you think, man? What do you think of this new big bony bastard? Yeah, uh, I'm just waiting for the entire line to come out because my, mine are still in a box. So There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and and, uh, and folks, you've heard us on the show before talk about Randy's collection. So, but uh, but but Oceark, I think they really could use more units or heroes, I guess. Um, and uh, and um, Mortson Executioner here seems like a pretty good start. So I think that uh, 
I think that I think the I like what they're doing. This army or this this particular unit here kind of got me thinking about the army. Now, I, and I, I want to go back to something. I was a big fan of the Tomb Kings in Warhammer Fantasy Battles. That's what I want to mention. And I like the fact that they're bringing a lot of those not exact aesthetics, but they're bringing a lot of that back mm-hmm. from from the army. And and I think everybody here that played rank and flank back in the day, I don't think I need to explain to anyone how lethal and deadly the old Tomb King archers were. So if Osiarchs are going to get some type of a archer unit, you know that that's going to be a, a pretty darn good unit. So just kind of just kind of something to to throw out there. But um, last bit of the news here, man. We got uh, we got we got Armed Forces Day four that's happening June fifth and sixth, and that's going to be held here in um, in the Chicagoland area, a town called Lockport, Illinois. We're having it at a VFW. And uh, it's grown. Uh, we are actually going to be adding in 40K for the first time this year. The premise of the tournament is going to be the same. We're going to be, uh, it's still going to be a 100% charity to uh, support the USO for our active duty troops. And uh, we're going to be also giving a in-tournament donation to support the Montford Point Marines. And they are the largest African-American Marine Corps association in the country. Uh, this is their second chapter after moving from Philadelphia to, to Chicago in 1946 after World War II. Uh, they have been here and been an integral part, not only of uh, this city, but of our of our history. Uh, what those African-American Marines uh, did uh, in, in wartime. And uh, they've persevered, and I know that lately they've fallen on some hard times, so we're going to be uh, looking to donate to them as well. And, you know, this this tournament, for me, many reasons uh, that I'll have to get into at another time, is very important to me. And um, I think a lot of times what I love about this, even though it's not on Armed Forces Day, of course, COVID kind of messed things up. We just had our last one, Armed Forces Day 3, on uh, in August of last year. So we're a little late. Usually Armed Forces Day is in May, but so we got, we, we're, we're slowly getting back to that uh, May time. Um, but I think uh, with the way the tournament is growing, adding, adding 40K in, I think uh, that spells a lot of great success and future for this, this, this tournament. And, you know, it's a funny thing. Um, I think we're getting back into the tournament scene, right? I mean, wouldn't you guys agree? I think, I think we're starting mm-hmm. to see the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines coming out and restrictions and regulations being lifted. And I, I think that could pose well for the eventual you know, return of tournaments. Now, I don't think tournaments are going to be the same as they once were. I think they're going to be different as far as, I, you know, do I think you're going to get 5,000 people under one roof again? Probably not, not for a while. Um, but I'm proud that we've persevered. Our Forces Day has, has gone through um, quite a lot to get to the point that we're in. And, and you know, we may not be the, uh, the, the, the biggest and we may not be the most prolific, but uh, we, we definitely, I, in my opinion, I think we have the best cause and the, the, best, the best group of gamers uh, ever to... Uh, uh, stuff under one roof this side of the asylum. So I'm thankful for everybody that's already signed up. There are more tickets available. Uh, so please uh, head over to uh, GrimdarkLive.com to our events page and look at uh, the Armed Forces Day for signups. Also, you can go to our Facebook page, which is which is a specific Armed Forces Day Facebook page. And whether you're going to play Age of Sigmar or 40K, come on out and support it. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good event, and uh, and and we're not going anywhere. We're sticking around. So there you go. That's what I want to get out there. Um, and, oh, and by the way, and we're going to be getting up another rules pack for Age of Sigmar here this week. Uh, we addressed some other things that have happened in the uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar world. So we're going to be addressing a couple of things that have to do with the, uh, the, uh, the, the character, the Anvil of Apotheosis character. So more to come on that. So, uh, guys, anything about, uh, about thoughts on, on tournaments coming back, or are we ready to um, 
roll on with the show, man. Make believers of all these awesome we people got, listening we, to We us. got one more thing in the news. Oh, that's that right. Yeah, Justin, in. what do we got, man? Um, this current white dwarf is coming up. I believe it's issue 462. Mm-hmm. Um, $9 in store is going to be probably the best value bang for your buck if you're a computer gamer. There are 12 free Warhammer PC titles codes going to be included for Steam Library. And you can go to you can go to the Warhammer site on the community page. It tells you the list of all the games that are included, and they're not small titles. I mean, some of them are like Vermintide Two, uh, the Warhammer Quest series, the Talisman series, things of that matter. So these games range anywhere from nine ninety nine to like thirty dollars, forty dollars, depending on if they're on sale or not. So you're getting a very big bang for your buck out of for nine dollars on this next White Dwarf. So awesome. even if you don't even if you don't play Warhammer like the tabletop, but you're into the miniature or then the computer side of it, go pick up the magazine. You're going to get yourself 12 free games. Nice. Nice. All right, Justin. Thanks, man. That was a, that was a good news piece. All right. Well, we are going to be uh, coming back and we're going to be talking about uh, your gaming club. A public service announcement brought to you by frag factory, 3d printing, Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grimdark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Hey, you want to join my club? Yeah, we got uh, we got we got clubs here tonight. We're gonna be uh, we are gonna be discussing. So we're gonna get into our main topic here, man. So gang, let's get into this discussion. I mean, here's the thing. Let us sit down and talk about what we or you, for that matter, can can do at your local club, and what you can do in order to help. What I think are the core areas of success to a local club. Not not really, I shouldn't have said what I think, because I think that's the shared sentiment between everybody here on the show. And I think as we get into this, I think a lot of people out there are going to, going to tend to agree. And then for the record, I, I want to say this. We have a very well-formed and thriving club, even though the uh, the pandemic and, and, and we still share that, you know, throughout this topic as well, um, we've seemed to persevere. So I think the essence of what a club is or isn't, can kind of transcend beyond whatever you know environmental situation is, is is happening. So let's let's take a look at the points that I want to that I think we should really talk about of a successful and thriving gaming club. Uh, and I would say that uh, essentially there's there's five of them. I think that obviously in order to have a good club, you have to recruit new players. Growth growth is really the key to to anything really. 
Uh, I would say that retention, you know, if you're a bunch of short pants and jagoffs, you're not going to keep your, your members around very long. So I think, uh, you know, retention of all your old and existing players is, is key to uh, uh, this, the stability of that club. Um, I think not getting stale. I think, you know, when, when you've got representation of different types of games, I mean, when, you, when you've got people that are coming up and they're going to play Age of Sigmar or maybe Warcry or maybe Necromunda or maybe 40K, uh, where you can have that a little bit circulated around. I think every club might be based off of a prime game. Like like I know that the, the Grimdark gang, we, we primarily play Age of Sigmar. But um, I don't think there's a person in, in the room that would uh, throw their nose up in the air if somebody showed up with a bunch of, you know, big stompy robots to, to play a little 40K. Um, the, other, the fourth thing, I think, is, you know, broaden your gaming portfolio. I mean, uh, you know, I think with that, too, you should also introduce those games and be enthusiastic about those games. And that kind of does tie into representation of different games a little bit. I do realize that, but I do think that sometimes... If you don't stay focused on on the, the two-headed hydra with that one, you know you could kind of get a little stale and your club get a little boring. And the biggest thing, uh, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about, uh, you know, these three guys that are on the show here with me tonight and, and their awesome hobby skills is skill sharing. You know, uh, help the the club do better in in, all, in their all-around community. I mean, when we get together with our war meets on Saturdays, we call them war meets. That's our that's our club get together. Uh, we're primarily playing to sharpen our skills, try new armies, investigate things, um, maybe be competitive, maybe not. Uh, so I think there's a lot of, a lot of things as far as we pick up from each other, because I got to tell you, there's plenty of guys in our club that are, that are, are straight up killers. They're very good players. So guys, what do you think, man? That's our, that's our, that's our list of rundown to discuss tonight about successful gaming clubs. Any, uh, any two cents in a tin can on what I just said? It's a very broad subject, and it's going to take a little bit of time to get to the meat, but we'll get there. We got it, man. Meat and potatoes, that's all it's about. Meat and potatoes, baby. That's it. Welcome to the Midwest. So so there it is. Uh, To me, these these five segments are the key to growing uh, a group. Um, that's, and I think that that interest in, in games and in growing the group itself to a larger, more stable, and, and more, more importantly, a diverse group of players. And we're going to touch on that here a little bit. I, what I'm proud of is our group, our Grimdark group is extremely diverse. Um, mm-hmm. and where, where the, you know, I would have to say this too, when you're looking at a group, you know, where the loss of say one or two members, isn't going to you know be that damaging, uh, where new people are, are not, uh, an elusive rarity, uh, and where multiple game systems can coexist alongside each other. You, you pretty much have, uh, a recipe for, for, for success. So let's, let's dive right in gang. Let's get the, um, let's get to the first thing. And that's obviously, Hey, I got a club. You want to join my club recruitment of new players. Let's talk about this. So I'm going to throw this out there. I mean, I, th- I think the, the big thing that many of the points touch on is this. I think this spawns everything else we're going to be talking about. I think the attraction and retention of new players is critical to the health of any gaming group. I mean, if you don't actively promote the club and don't see it uh, to consistently be taking on new people, then the club is already on risky ground. I mean, you're already on shaky ground, thin ice, whatever you want to say, where the loss of a player will often start a steady landslide of diminishing returns for everybody. You know, I think lack of enthusiasm, if they see a couple of guys are stop showing up and, you know, that kind of a thing. So I would also note that, before I forget, that groups which are open and active on taking on new people often avoid the problems of tight-knit cliques, 
which I think is a, is, a, is a cancer in this community at times. I think you get into people where they get their little buddy groups together and they don't want to let anybody else in or they're rude to the new guy. And that's just terrible for the community. And these clicks can often make it harder to get new people into the group is essentially what I'm saying. So gentlemen, let's talk about recruitment of new players and, and what do you got, man? What are some, what are some methods you guys have used? I mean, you know, in, in the past to, to recruit new players into your clubs. Go ahead, man. Somebody pick that one up. Yeah, one of the biggest ones I've, I've noticed and how most actually a lot of the clubs I've, I've seen start up are usually uh, slow, slow grow leagues or whatever, where you like basically everybody's, you know, has like 500 points. And then every week you add like 250 worth of painted stuff. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of it like at the end of a six week slow grow you know, grow a league or whatever, you met new people and, you know, you, you know, exchange phone numbers and like, like hanging out and stuff. And that usually is the start of, of clubs. And, I can. And, yeah. And, get started and, boxes. And it, it recruitment of, of new ones. Right. Like having like annual slow, you know, league or whatever is, yeah. is how biggest yeah. like follows I've seen. So I like it, man. I like it. Justin, what do you think, man? What are some things you've done? Yeah. Well, um, meeting people at tournament, explaining to them that you have an outside group, you know, that plays and practices, um, finding members in through Facebook and other, other factions to put teams together, you know, stuff like that. If you're going to, if you're in the tournament circuits and things and, you know, you always need a teammate and especially for two player, four player tournaments. Mm -hmm. And usually those can turn into clubs of their own where you, you have, you know, two four man teams that switch partners and find you know, the best way to go about it. And then they grow and, and they determine who's going to play on what side for tournaments, but that's yeah. one way to do yeah, it. I, so. I, I like your idea for Facebook. I mean, it touches everyone advertise, right? That's kind of what we're talking about right. here. I mean, you yep. know, advertise and, and keep advertising this group, keep, keep telling everyone Always. about it, get yourself a Facebook group and, and keep it updated with photos and content. Like we've got our, our, our war meat page specifically and uh, organize and advertise events through that too. I mean, local yep. RTTs it's, on, or it's not only, we only have it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, Chuck, we, what do you we think? don't, we don't, we don't just, we don't just have that on Facebook. We've also got it on our discord as well, where we, you know, we That's, advertise through there too. Okay, folks. Yeah. You know what? That discord is turning out to be something really, really, really slick, by the way. And, and, a, and a great, a great point to attract new players. Absolutely. Chuck, what do you got, man? Um, I, you know, I just want to kind of add in that, uh, a new group to recruit new players needs to have visibility at the local level, whether that would be at someone's house, the game store, or um, some type of uh, way to be visible Mm -hmm. that can occur from just local games at the game store on a certain day. And if it's done on a regular basis, like every other week or uh, possibly having someone who works at the store play the actual game. Now, I know I know that does happen to a certain extent, but sometimes your game store owner doesn't always have time or they only play certain games. So they're like, oh, man, I don't know much about that. Uh, Well, you know, here's your point of contact. Mm -hmm. And so the good thing about having someone at the store either know someone or play the game is that immediately they can introduce the game to them and show them like the entry level stuff to get and buy to be involved. Right. Uh, Like you guys had hit on before. Definitely have some type of Facebook group, Facebook page, whether that's through the store or at the local level. Like we have another one here in central Illinois called Central Illinois Warhammer Players. And so if you just type in Central Illinois 
Warhammer or type in Warhammer players, like it pops up and auto populates. So mm-hmm. that's also a good uh, thing to get. Um, once you get that local level, uh, it can make finding other people to uh, play games with or ask questions about the game a lot easier. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are almost dedicated to the online platform Mm -hmm. but we do have some more social gamers that still want to play in the store in people's garages and so i think it's a two-pronged approach and then also i I forget who mentioned it but having some type of like small league play where it's you know 500 points or something like that yeah uh that can also entice players to have an entry-level purchase and buy into the game at a lower level um, to see if they like it. So I think that is yeah. also something that would attract new yeah, players. Absolutely. And you know what? Cards. I mean, we, uh, we actually have our own grimdark live cards. We hand them out to people. We keep them at our, at our home store, which is GameStorm gaming in Lamont, Illinois. And, and yeah, basically get the word out there to keep pe- to keep it out there. I mean, the more you can spread awareness and the more you can appear active and engaging group, the more chances you're going to have to have people that want to be part of that group. If they walk into that local game store and you guys are laughing and joking around and throwing dice and you know, they, they, they they're, they're, they're somebody that they feel that they can approach. They're definitely going to do that. Um, and don't just think hobby shops. I, I would like to add too. I mean, toy shops, craft stores, bookstores, libraries, corner shops, uh, whatever you might have you. I mean, if it's important to you, you'll find a way to get the word out there. But I want to run on something that, that Chuck and um, the gang here did kind of bring up that, that I think is kind of an undertone to really building um, a good, cohesive and successful group. And that's run introductory events and games. You know, put, and that's what we try to do with our war meets specifically. We have a right on our war meet page. We basically tell everybody that we're, we can be as, as accommodating or as competitive as you want to be. If you're a new player and you show up with 250 points, we'll definitely play down to that level because the community is ultimately more important to us than that game. I mean, think about it. When we talk about running introduction games and events, if you can run an introduction event, which can be geared towards introducing new people, like you've just heard my awesome co-host here say, Ideally, it, it should be paired with an advertising push, like, hey, you know, this is our war meet. This is what we're going to be doing. Um, and I think that's going to attract people there. But even if you're not doing a, a big welcoming event, make sure you've got a few core games with introduction armies and such at hand uh, for, for, the, for those meetings. I mean, you know, we just had it at our war meet a couple of war meets ago where we had a couple of guys in our club that had an extra army. Somebody walked up. They wanted to check out the game. And they were like, here, I got an extra army. I'll show you how to play. And you know what? It worked like a charm. Uh, just So I, I, think, I think the people are out there, but I think sometimes the hobby and the game can be intimidating, I think. Uh, and I think that if your group doesn't appear to be very accommodating and welcoming and prepared to welcome those people, um, you know, it, 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 it could be a problem. But, yeah, back to that, too. I mean, I think we need active social media. Um, and, you know, the other thing I want to bring up, what do you guys think about this one? This just popped in my mind. Prepare for the unprepared. I mean, when I was kind of talking about people just kind of walking up to the gaming group, I mean, uh, I, I can't, we, we kind of went into this a little bit above, you know, earlier in the topic, but the idea mm-hmm. of having a couple of forces ready, you know, for intro games, you know, basically building on uh, to be prepared for people who kind of walk in with nothing. You know, they walk in with a lot of interest, but no models. There's a reason yeah. that when, you know, we ran, uh, you know, th- these type of events, these war meets. It's not really just for our club. 
it, as a matter of fact, it's not it's not really that at all. It's to attract new players, and you want to be prepared for that. So that's kind of one I want to throw out there. Be prepared for the unprepared. There, I just kind of made that up. What do you guys think? Well, that's one of the reasons why I usually bring in multiple armies with me. It's, I can't play three different armies at the same time. I do like to switch out the armies in between games every so often. But, hey, I got three armies, two of them in the car or whatever. Hey, you want to learn how to play? Let me go grab another army for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I always bring in multiples. So. And Chuck, I, I love what you were saying about networking. You know, when you're talking about, yeah. you know, you know, your, your game store, you know, and, and, you know, to, you know, you, you know, you might, you might, you might have one game store and no other clubs, or, or you might be in the, the middle of a city with, with a dozen clubs and several various stores. Uh, and you're yep. kind of talking about how to build that. I, I love the fact of networking because I think a lot of people, um, maybe in this hobby, because most of them could potentially be introverts. Maybe they're not the extrovert type that wants to go out and actually network with people. So I, I think a greater push for that can, you know, maybe in a way even help some of the gamers be a better version of themselves, right? Yep. So, yeah, so I guess throw out there, my my first gaming club was literally through my 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 college, and it oh, had yeah. so much or whatever that we actually had you know community locals come in and actually start playing the games with our our college students. So. Yeah. And see, and that's, and that's really how it bolsters. I mean, I know on military bases, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not uncommon to, to have, you know, a couple of the guys in your squad bay, they're going to have a, a 500 point uh, army or skirmish army of, you know, yep. uh, maybe not necessarily fantasy more over 40 K, but it, they're there, you know, and when you got downtime, that's what you're going to be doing. So I think it's important, you know, that, um, you, you want to make sure that people aren't too intimidated about the club. If they see, you know, 10, 12, 16 people playing these games, you know, you, you don't want them to be afraid of the, the opportunity, I guess, you know, you want to be prepared to take new people in. Um, I think intergroup competitions, you know, joint events, like, you know, Chuck, if we were to call up Red Raccoon Games and set up, you know, maybe a, a friendly competition, I think that's another way to bolster uh, a club yes. to, to, to grow, you know, maybe uh, pooling together for, you know, uh, discounts at, you know, you know, different hotels and for, for events and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot that can happen, you know, rent a van and everyone piles in like, you know, the, the, the big uh, booze wagon or something. But I think, um, I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that you can do. Plus here's the thing too. If your club or group starts to really dwindle, I want to kind of back up on this and through no fault of its own might have to, uh, cease i think you can also work the local network and blend into another group if you already establish those connections now i know that's kind of yeah. I, I know i've kind of macabre to say that hey grow a group but if it dies i'm not trying to say that at all but what i'm saying is you got to look at the community a little bit outside of yourselves too in order to be successful i think so, i mean similarly if you got a really big local population uh you can organize bigger joint events or even you know you know similar competitions uh, uh between yourselves so I, th I think that's another thing I, I guess i just that just kind of dawned on me when we were sitting there talking about it as far as growing that um that group that way right yep very true yep so what do you guys think about this i mean i want to i want to keep on this topic just a little bit longer i mean one thing i want to stress is avoid how do I want to put this? Avoid isolating players. Avoid the isolation of players. And, and I know that we we, we we kind of talked about this just a few minutes ago when we talked about demoing games. But if you folks out there listening or watching the show are part of a group, uh, then part of that is making sure people don't get isolated in that group, not necessarily just the ones that are trying to come into that group. 
Um, you know, and that's someone that's standing around, not engaged with the group or separate from them, you know, make a point to approach them, make sure that they're okay. And that, you know, they don't need anything. And especially if you see a new person watching you guys, you you don't really know the person, introduce yourself. It's not that hard. Hey, Mm -hmm. how are you? Do you Mm -hmm. play? It's, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, uh, I mean, Chuck, I know you haven't been up to GameStorm in a while, but you know, Justin, Randy, how often are we always saying to somebody that's standing there watching the game? Hey, how are you? Do you play? All the time. I mean, it's every we time. get. We, oh, oh, yeah. It's almost every week. Every time we have a worm meet, somebody comes in, they see us playing. They're like, oh, that's a cool miniature. And then you start talking to them. You introduce yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, one path leads down to the other. And sooner or later, you've got a whole rounded conversation there and possibly a new club member. And, and moreover, uh, you know, I'm very proud at the size of our gaming club. Um, uh, I'm very proud of it. And, and a lot of that is because. The folks that have met us one day, they're excited to come back and, and, and game with us the next day because mm-hmm. we have that enthusiasm. But that's really but that's really the secret sauce behind it. You see somebody there that's watching, make a point to approach them. I mean, don't go running up to them like, you know, a crazy man or something like that, you know. Uh, that could get you arrested, which happened to one of our listeners, guy listening right now, Sean. It's happened to him many times. We've had to actually, you know, fewer restraining orders and, you know, that kind of stuff. Randy, you know that guy, right? Well, I don't know that guy, but I always think about the the, the, the Nobbler trench coat incident, you know. Hey, know I, opening the trench coat, flashing off something. I want to say that was my Nobbler he stole, and that was his trench coat. That's, I just want to just want to point that out to you, Randy. Um, okay. But uh, but make a point to approach new people. Make sure that they're okay, like I said before. And basically, don't let them drift to the side. You know, people who drift on the mm-hmm. side are more likely to, to leave uh, than get involved because they're going to think they're not wanted. Maybe the group is closed off. You know, they, they, they might not uh, leave wargaming, but they might go home and hobby alone and, and, and think of all you guys in your group as, as a bunch of jagoffs. I probably would myself. So I think that's the other thing, too. You, you want to come across as actually nice freaking people. Um, plus, it's, it's not always – go ahead. What are you saying? I was going to say, I think that's one of the nice things also about Age of Sigmar and even 40K at the same point. Like, it is a game meant to play across from an opponent and have a good time with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not meant to just pound the opponent into the ground and table them on turn two and then both players walk away. You know, I would say consistently that I have seen Magic the Gathering players come to a tournament, play, and just say, wow, that was a lot different than how, you know, Magic players play tournaments because they're you know it's just design a deck build it to the t take your opponent out and walk away from the table as opposed to hey we're playing a game before lunch you want to go get a bite to eat there's a food truck out back right because that's how like when i went to gen con for the first time i met uh mr mephisto who i think was from the wisconsin area yeah and it was his first event from what he had told me in like the indie area so we played a game had fun. And then we all went over and got went to the food court area, you know, and got lunch. So it is one of those games where you can have an event like Armed Forces Day GT, Flat Con, you can go to Gen Con and you can meet people that actually like the game and show a lot of interest and are very enthusiastic mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I think that's 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 the biggest thing about it. I mean, it, it's it's broadening your horizons and meeting new people and, and growing the community. Uh, but, but let me go back to one thing before before we keep rolling on with the topic here, because we have other points to this. Uh, I, I think I addressed this, and I kind of segued into the new people again. It's not always new people that need to be remembered. I mean, you know, established people can get isolated too. Uh, you know, perhaps uh, you know they're the only one who plays a certain game, or they've just always been a bit shy, or or you know, not very forward, like the introverts we were talking about before. You know, perhaps right. you could help them demo their game. 
that they'd like to play with others or, or give them a, a demo game uh, of, of the popular game of the time, you know, or the club or whatever. I, one of the things I regret, and, and I guess we can, you know, I'm not trying to cry on anybody's shoulders here, but we, but we had so much enthusiasm in the Grimdark gang to play Warcry. When that game first came out, I mean, everybody talked about it, the awesome terrain and the war bands, and then it just kind of went and just died right out. And I, and I think it did that because um, we had a pocket of two or three guys that were that were ultra enthusiastic about it. And I don't want to say they were ignored, but we never really festered that that flame. We never really fanned that flame to kind of get that thing going. And um, I often wonder now that I think about that, you know, did we just kind of, did we kind of disappoint some of, I mean, they're still with the club. They, they, they still like us a lot and all that kind of good stuff. But I think, I think, I think that was a failure point. I think that was, that's important too, about addressing your club and, and making it a better club is, mm-hmm. is identifying some of your failure points, you know, so you can strengthen that. Right. Well, a good point of our club too, and it's a little bit of the humanitarian side of it is we all generally care about each other. So, yeah. You know, we we have our Discord. We have a text chat that's going through our phones. We're we're always comparing notes with each other and talking to each other. And if somebody kind of just disappears, you know, we start checking up and finding trying to find out, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, because we don't want we don't want to lose somebody in our community to anything. You, you know, be it something simple as I can't even say simple because it's not like say depression or you know, hardship or anything of that matter. It's, you know, or, Hey, my car died. I just can't get to warm meets. Well, Hey, why don't I come pick you up? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. We have, we have that in our community. And it's one of the founding stones in any community is when you, when you get your group together in your community is standing in solidarity with each other. You know, it's, Hey, do you need some help? Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to be there for your members. It's like the time that, that Justin and Chuck and I drove to the, the the penitentiary to pick up Randy when he was paroled. You guys remember that? There he yeah, was. Yeah, it was Sean, a rough ride. Sean, Sean was supposed to pick him up, but flaked. Yeah, D- I mean, <laughs> dice in hand. And I got to tell you, folks, a lot of people don't look good in orange, but Randy, he's got that color owned all day long. He's the Princess Peach. Hey, gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. 
But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice chucking, glue sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right, now let's get back to the show. All right, we are back. We're going to be talking more about uh, uh, gaming clubs and, you know, how, how good Randy does look in orange. No, okay, so we are, we are here. So let's, get, let's keep going with the second part of our, of our five pieces here, which I, I, think we're, I think we wound down that first one pretty good. But uh, returning of old players, right? I mean, you know, getting some of your members mm-hmm. to decide that they want to come back, that maybe this whole group isn't a bunch of jagoffs after all, and then we can actually uh, get along and roll some dice. You know, where possible... I think when we talk about using social media and keeping people's emails and contact details and, and getting those people out there, like we send out invites for our war meets. Uh, we, we, we set up events through Facebook so that people get those little tickers that, Hey, we got a war meet coming up. Um, this lets you inform, you know, all of your uh, folks of events that are coming up, war meets that are coming up, major events that are coming up. Uh, if they are, if they aren't already uh, actively part of, of that player base I guess the best way to, to, to put that so you know I think if you if you still send them the emails or upcoming uh, event tags from Facebook uh, that's still giving you a chance to to get those people back make them aware kind of get those things into their schedule and their queue and and you know also don't be afraid to to include links to other major events too you know like like we were just on the break we were talking about an event that's coming up in, in St. Louis so I mean th- those those are the kind of banter you want to have to keep to keep people interested right guys oh yeah definitely most definitely yeah and and so you know you also have to think like you know how many different players have different work schedules have different family obligations but if you have you know multiple groups of people who are able to go to a tournament an hour away two hours away and it falls on different sundays saturdays or you know just go into a game store to to grab a game in versus someone that you challenge locally like Let's say you guys challenge someone in Indy um, and you drove an hour, hour and a half over there to play one game, buy some stuff and then come back like that promotes the gaming within the community. And Mm -hmm. so what we're trying to support and suggest to any new players or current players in the, the game itself is that, you know, we're trying to support it as much as possible, given the times that there are, but also keep players enthusiastic about traveling and playing games together because this is about you know trying to keep it pushed through when uh and playable with people that we meet so if you meet somebody new you know say hey there's an event down in st louis that gateway gamers is promoting there is uh game store and gaming that uh our game store is doing and we're going to do a three-round event really quick 500 points um just show up play and have fun um and so that having that uh as an option, giving them multiple options and showing that the schedule is flexible and well organized. That's another big thing is to to show that we've got organization in the community, Mm -hmm. um, I think is appealing to new players because they're not just going to be thrown into the loop. They're not just going to buy a bunch of stuff and uh, not know what to do with it. There's actually things scheduled out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Randy or, or Justin, I mean, what were some things that you guys have come across in the past as far as, you know, retention, as far as getting some of those 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 gamers mm-hmm. to come back? That you've the, what were some things? What were some what were some obstacles to seeing that happen? Oh, keeping retention that that that's a tricky one. I mean, like like Chuck was saying, you can get players that will buy something and it just it doesn't suit their play style it doesn't suit their 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 budgets or whatever they want to do and keeping them interested in the hobbies that's a tough one in general but keeping them interested in, in the hobby and keeping them interested in a club can be even more difficult unless you're sure. getting them involved and in getting them playing mm-hmm. you know so one of the nice things we have with our with our club is we do we have kind of like rotary battle system thing here. It's like not everybody plays the same people over and over. Right. You know, if if we see someone standing around, we try to figure out how to get them into that game or into a multiple player game, something of that matter, either by playing up in points or playing down in points. I mean, there's been several times where we've had, you know, six people just kind of standing there. And old guard, new guard, whatever you want to call. And it's like, okay, we want to play a game, but putting 6,000 points worth of, on the table is kind of tricky. Yeah. So, hey, let's all just back down to 1250 and and beat the snot out of each other. You know, that yeah. way all of us play one game and it doesn't take 20 hours. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, we, it, it, do, it does keep the interest of those returning players. I mean, Randy, what about you, man? What, what were some things as far as, you know, what, what are your comments on the return of old players and members? Keeping that going. Yeah, for, you know, uh, if people keep coming back or whatever, another thing I noticed is that actually, you know, you do have your scheduled, you know, days or whatever, but, like, having just uh, a meet at someone's house and, this, you know, hey, I'm looking for a game, I'm kind of bored, you know, you know, sit down, uh, like, a few, I have a few of uh, our club members, whatever, that I've, I've had hobby nights at my, my house where we're just going to sit down you know, and, and sit around a table and one person's assembling something, one person's, you know, painting something and just, just having a, you know, a, you know, an assembly night, not actually playing the games, but just sit around and talking right. and just having a, like a hobby night. Is, is I forgot about awesome. how awesome hobby nights are. I forgot yeah. about those. Yeah. I'm, I actually want to try to start up a hobby hangout kind of thing with our discord here. I'm just trying to figure out how to lay it out so we can, you know, all have our video cameras going and say, Hey, this is what we're working on. And we can talk and all that kind of stuff while we're doing it. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, like, you know, post pandemic where everybody's on, on video call, just, you know, right. just, you know, having, you know, somebody to talk to while you hobby, you know, actually helps speed things along and helps you, you know, keep motivated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, that, that, that's a good one, Randy. I forgot about those hobby nights, man. That's, we got to do that again. We got to start those up. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 look at the next little onion layer here in this topic, and this one can be a little tricky. Uh, we we've kind of seen it, you know, wh- whether it's tricky because you ignore things like my comment with Warcry, or um, it's tricky because sometimes the temperature of the club could you know be a little pretentious if you decide to bring things in. But that's representation of different games, and I believe in this. But sometimes you have people that are very staunch in their ways, and as I said, this can be this can be tricky, and and it depends greatly on your local group size and focus. And I want to say that mm-hmm. first because it also depends if you run through a store, be it a third party or GW, or if it's a club without any store connections. Those could determine the type of games you can play. Like for instance, if we were playing in a GW sponsored store, we couldn't bring in bolt action, right? I mean, you know, we we they would throw no. us out a window. But I, I think so. You have to also understand the environment that you're you're gaming in too. But I think at its at its most basic, uh, 
you have a greater chance of securing a wider range of players if you run a club that has that has seemed to support multiple game systems. You know, at least that's where it is in my mind. And now that, say, our club has grown to include 40K and we're seeing the benefits of what that is for our Enforces Day as a tournament, uh, and I've always loved 40K lore, I mean, why not? Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think the kind of people who, who want to play, say, like uh, uh, 40K, quite possibly could be the same people that want to play historical games, or those people might want to play Bolt Action or uh, Warhammer right. Fantasy Battles, Rank and Flank. I think I think that the, 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 the club... Uh, is more diverse in that way. Not only just the people it's diverse, but it's also the, 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 the games that they play. Um, I think that helps strengthen and solidify that club and keeps the interest, which could also keep your attention and old and, and, you know, people coming back. I mean, Chuck, what do you think about that? Cause you're, you're a guy that I've seen that is kind of involved in a lot of those different games. Yeah. So, I mean, we sort of uh, tried to reach out to a lot of the um, independent players in our local area for our event, uh, FlatCon. And so we're trying to include uh, the bolt action, like you mentioned. I believe there are a couple Star Wars, uh, you know, table based games. Uh, Right. Um, And so, you know, I try and support players who want to run an event and then include with that a lot of prize support that I can foster throughout the year uh, in what I call grab bags. So whoever registers for our event, they just get a free $25 grab bag and the $10 they donate to play in the event for the day um, is just funneled into terrain or buying trophies. But what that does is it incentivizes new players that show up to the convention, um, which it is only about $10 to get in, to just sit down and play. So, like, for instance, we had two players coming in on a Friday night looking at what we were doing. They were looking at Age of Sigmar, looking at 40K. And so we kind of explained to them, like you guys would, say, hey, my name is Chuck. Uh, this is AOS. Um, it's sort of run like Dungeons & Dragons, but on, like, a tabletop war uh scenario you know you get this little scenario and you try and win by battle points right and so when they showed a lot of interest they actually played in the team tournament on saturday and then the husband came back and played three rounds on sunday in our our three round little gt that we had right so we actually he paid another twenty dollars on saturday and then ten dollars on sunday and i gave him three grab bags and i'm like here you go you get this just plain and simple Mm -hmm. and so everything paid for itself he had fun Um, And I know that not everyone goes to conventions, but those players knew about our game store and then started coming to the game store. And and since then, they joined the group. uh, And, you know, that is like the slow, the slow-mo build. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not like, uh, yeah, it's not an influx there. They use somebody else's army like Justin was kind of hitting that. Um, And since then, he's been painting, I believe, Flesh Eater Courts uh, for about the last year. So, yeah. it, it is what it is. And some people are going to be, you know, all money in, all hands in, and they're going to buy their army and other people are going to want to try the game, play it out and see how it is. Yeah. And I think that's why we said before, it, it can be a touchy topic, but it's, it's definitely something you want to try to string into your group because it's going to make it, right. uh, make them, make them better. I mean, Justin and Randy, what do you guys have to say about that? Well, one of the things I, I, kind of like about some of our clubs out there is like you were saying is not all or all or nothing. You know, you don't always have, you have to have all GW models or you have to have all this model or all that model. Cause there's so many sources out there for getting great models and great things that look good that would fit into our universes that we play in and whatever universe that chooses that you choose to play in. And I know personally, I like to use models from every fantasy range I can get my hands on as long as they fit the scale. 
you know, that's, that's my big thing, but I'm not opposed to playing somebody who builds an entire army off of Etsy, as long as their rules match up and the weapons and, or the models look somewhat realistic, you know, to the, to the thing. But that's one way to, to, it's kind of a retention thing as well, but it's one of those ways that you can get those, your group to click is where you're letting your players do their own thing, but still be able to participate in the events and the hobby that you're doing at the time. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Randy, what do you think, man? Yeah. Without like, you know, the 3d printing stuff is is pretty, you know, pretty sweet right now. You know, when, when the, uh, when the mega gargants came out, you know, there's a Kraken eater. So where's, where's the Kraken? Right. Right. (laughs) Right. That's, that's, you know, a project that I'm taking on for a future video. So, you know, well, I, I think yeah. I think that's the that's the big thing. I mean, it, it, it's it's a level of interest that keeps folks coming back to that to that club. I mean, you know, this is a uh, this is a game that that really is about you know consistency and interest. But let, let's let's kind of take that one one uh, step further. I mean, when you talk about mm-hmm. introduction of, of new games and and how to build that in your club, uh, an extension of what we just talked about is 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 about not just new games to people who already game, but new games to new gamers and new people joining in that makes sense so another aspect is encouraging people who might be interested in a different game that isn't played into how they can promote it and play it so like for instance uh if if, you know if somebody shows up to the club on 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 a war meet on a saturday and says hey i've got uh i've got necromunda here you know that should be something that should be bolstered and say no problem mm-hmm. I'll, I'll i'll try gaming what, what is it gonna, what, what are you going to lose an hour and a half check it out you know see if you like it i mean it's, it's not like somebody's asking you to do long algebra so i mean right. I, I think it's i think it's something that needs to kind of be looked at from a, from a greater you know you know dice chucking type of uh type of an aspect and and here's the other thing too i don't want to go out on a limb here this is something i don't think our club would do and it's fine that it doesn't but i think don't just think about war games either think about card games you know magic the gathering i mean our, our resident uh, randy here the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming this guy is a regular doc holiday with magic the gathering i mean he's he's i mean he he's he's caused stores to have to finance back to him just to keep the doors open this guy's taking so much for him I mean, randy you want to comment on, on just what a killer you are in magic the gathering Oh, fine. You know, if you want want me to, you know, uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Warhammer is my secondary hobby. Yeah. yeah. The other, the other room is the magic library. So yeah. I'm not even kidding. He's, uh, he, he's, he's known from coast to coast, like butter and toast with that magic, man. I'm telling you right now. So, uh, <laughs> uh but, but here, and I think, I think the last thing, the, the fifth part of this on this topic, and probably one that is most important and, and, and Chuck, I think you and I had a discussion on this a long time ago, and I seem to remember this. Uh, we talked about, um, it was right around the time that I think we were gaming at, at another store. You had your, uh, you had your squigs and your, your goblins. And we were talking about, uh, like, why are we doing this? Are we getting ready for a tournament and all that kind of stuff. And, and the, really the basis of why we're getting those war meets together was for skill sharing, for, for, for getting across the table and getting those different games in and building your skills and trying some, some things out that were new. And, um, I think this is a big one for many clubs. And it's also a big one that many clubs forget about. Skill sharing is all about working out the local skill base and using those resources to better the club. Because eventually, mm-hmm. those club members are going to go where? Play at a tournament. And they're going to go to that tournament uh-huh. to do what? To win. And yes. to me, it would be beautiful 
to see somebody up there with the skull and microphones on winning the whole damn thing at Adepticon or LVO or something like that. And uh, I got to tell you, if, if any one of the Grimdark goons was there and one of our own won it, we'd all get arrested. I mean, that place, I mean, the fire alarms would be going off. I mean, it'd be, you know, drinks for everybody. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be horrifying. But you guys see what I'm talking about as far as, you know, getting, I mean, getting, getting better at your craft, getting better at the game. And that's really by, you know, putting yourself in front of people that maybe have a certain skill or a thought process that's, that's better than you. Right. Yeah, and so what you can also run into when you do the skill sharing is that you're trying to learn what you may not know and what your opponent or friend does. And so if they have like a specific list, a combination that you haven't played yet, you're going to learn like what the opposing army could do theoretically. Mm -hmm. um, another point to that is that you also want to try out varying builds to your list. So your friend may have an idea with the list you play, and if you play a different style of the same army, they'll be able to help you along. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And it also helps you with rules coherency. So if you have an issue, like you're measuring um, and you misread some war scroll somewhere that said units have to be holy within, or uh, units just have to be partially within. Well, I've run into the fact where, you know, I was measuring uh, wholly within where it should have been partially within um, because there are so many updates in AOS and, and books at debut that um, you can't just rely on going through the, the books, which are upwards of 100 pages now, uh, and trying to memorize all that on your own. I do believe that there is some type of uh, friendship or, or penmanship between the two of the players playing that can go further. Um, so just sitting in your basement and trying to play games by yourself isn't going to work. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and when you talk about the, the cohesion between players, like you mentioned, we call that the social contract of gaming. We talk about that here on the show a oh. hundred times over. Um, and, and here's yeah. the thing, newbies, you know, right? They, they need loads of new skill learning. I mean, they, these people, yes. they, 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 they barely throw their dice correctly. And, you know, you got to be prepared to have someone guide them through how to build and paint and, you know, uh, run uh, their, their armies. And, and, and here's the other thing, too, I want to bring up. And then, Justin, I want to hear what you and Randy have to say, too. But if you're working on those skill sets and improving each one of your compadres in that gaming club to be a better gamer... Uh, I think that really improves people's loyalty to that group and their connection with the game and the hobby. I think that's mm -hmm. something that whether you're a new person or an old bastard, you know, like myself, um, getting out there and, and learning new tricks and new, learning new tactics that, that only builds loyalty to the person to the left and right of you that showed you that and worked with you and laughed with you while you learned it, but also to the game and to the, the club. So I, I think that's another point that I should bring up, but what do you think? Well, skill set is not just the books in the game. I mean, there it, it kind of it's kind of a broad that's a broad thing. Is like you had mentioned, painting, building, sculpting, uh, imagination, and how the army looks and the right. aesthetic of the army. That's that's part of the skill set as well. Is is like you said, we have gamers and hobbyists that are very good at their trades, very good at what they do. They're painting, their their design, the whole aspect, and they if your club has lots of those people that are willing to step up to even a new person and say, Hey, what kind of aesthetic are you looking to do? Let me, let me help you. Let me, let, yeah. me, uh, let me show you some steps to get that army on the table painted and sculpted the way you want it, you know, without taking over their project for them, you know, or, or breaking their hobby. And we have that in spades and a lot of clubs have that in spades. And it's, it's one of those things that makes the hobby better when you've got skilled artisans that can be like, okay, you want to go for the aesthetic of putting 
wolf pelts on every single Stormcast Eternal you got. Here, let me have. And a, let me why see. wouldn't you? I mean, I obviously exactly, you would exactly, exactly. Everybody. but but you let just me show had you how to do you, it again, Justin, didn't you? I did, and I did it for a point. But it's it's. Let me show you how green how to use this green stuff in a sculpting tool, you know, to make a little bit better effectiveness, and then you just tear through and go go to town, buddy. You know that kind of thing. So that kind of skill set in a community does nothing but aid the community and make the community better. Yeah. Yeah. And and Randy, I kind of wanted to throw this at you last because, you know, and I think, I think Randy, you're, you're, you're one of the most humble gamers I've ever been around. And that's why folks, why honestly we call him the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming. But let me tell you something about Randy. He's no slouch. And at any moment you find out real quick that that snake has got a rattle, man. Cause I've seen this guy clean the clock of somebody on the other side of the table, just because Randy wasn't going to take that anymore. So, I mean, you know, Randy, as far as your skills, what I like about some of the innate stuff that you do with, with your Slanesh army or some of the other things that you played in the past, your, 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 your night haunt, we, we, we could talk all day long about uh, Michigan GT. Um, but you're one of those guys that's kind of like, you know, you know, you know, you have the skills, you know, you can put it out there, but you don't always, you're more in it for the fun, but you can turn it on a little bit. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about your, your thoughts on skill sharing, because it does happen with you. Yeah, so for those who don't know me like fairly well, or whatever, you know, uh, one of my best friends is Sean or whatever. We're basically opposites. He likes to be very competitive in Warhammer and casual in Magic, and I personally like to be very competitive in Magic and casual in Warhammer. And I'm like, I just, I just say like, you know, Magic is my competitive outlet, so I'm just here to you know have fun or whatever. Yeah, and, you but- know. But I've, you seen, know, I've I, seen this guy take yeah, somebody's I, lights out. Yeah, so, like, like most of my lists, you know, I I don't, like, like, for, for example, my last list I played was literally a defender's list that had half Fire Slayers, half uh, Deepkin in the same list, you know, practicing against the new Slanesh list or whatever. Yeah. You know, it came down to me not being able to pile in, you know, four turns in a row with, with uh, 20... <laughs> With twenty fire slayers that would easily chop the greater demon in half, but right. Then and then a certain new character that ignores a special after save, so they went my you know five hundred point unit. But right. well, you know the thing is, is that the, the, the point is, you know, it's it's like yeah. whether you're you're teaching or or you're receiving, you're learning it. But I, I think to kind of wrap this up, and, and Randy, honestly, guys, I, I'm I'm not just saying that because you know Randy is a nice guy in tabletop wargaming, but he's a hell of a competitor when he wants to be. So mm-hmm. at another another show, we'll, we'll we'll definitely have him tell the story about the uh, the night haunt, Sigvault. Yeah, that's who it was, right, Randy Sigvault. Sigvault, um, yeah, he's really good at chopping fire slayers down. I think the thing that we want to try to I try to wrap this topic up as far as building a successful club is take responsibility, not control. Don't be a little mm-hmm. dictator, freaking jag off, you know, short pants. You know, a, a, a lot of a lot of things that we we said here tonight sounds like you know things that clubs, you know, organizers, store owners should do. However, uh, that's not really happening. We've we've heard all the horror stories about people that leave a club because you already you already got some some guy walking around saying this here's a dictatorship and I'm Dick, and they think they want to be king of the nerds, and that's no way to go about it too if you're organizing a club. The idea is to present uh, a selection of ideas and concepts to think about and to promote your local local scene. Um, you know, try to build the club around like-minded, good-hearted people. Um, I think I think birds of a feather flock together. Uh, you, you might hear me say that again because I think there's a lot of truth to that. 
Um, I think if you're a good person, people are going to kind of kind of have a, the same kind of constitution. I think if you're a jagoff, well, there you go. Um, I think I think growing your local club benefits you as the individual that may have started the ball rolling. Uh, it means you know more social interaction, more games, more potential games. You know, all that good stuff, guys. So, I mean, if, if you end up being uh, the one to suggest it, be prepared also to help help it into reality. Be consistent with what you're doing. You know, always always remember that you want to tra- attract everybody, regardless of your, your core beliefs. It's all about mm-hmm. the dice in the game. I mean, right, guys? I mean, we talk about that. I mean, how many times have we seen that game group fall apart because, you know, it's a click? Or you got a little Napoleon running around or whatever it might be. I mean, right? Rules lawyer or something of that manner. Oh, yeah. Lots of things. So lots of things can drive wedges. Well, and that's what we want to try to prevent. I mean, and that's that's mm-hmm. where I'm very proud of our gaming group. I mean, Chuck, I mean, you you know, you're very proud of, you know, and, and folks, you know, Chuck is, he, he's, he's built a hell of a group down there. He runs FlatCon. Uh, he's got a great reputation in the community. Unless he's on this show, we completely trash that, uh, you know, I mean, but, but, you know, that's the kind of friend he is. He doesn't care yeah. about the fact that we completely ruin his reputation every single well, week. Well, uh, you know, I want to go back to the fact where you say, you know, build the community, play the local scene. You know, I do try and travel and head up to Wisconsin to play, Chicago to play, St. Louis and uh, Springfield and also Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. it it does, tr- it is a trade-off for, you know, driving to a scene, but also trying to... Uh, get the community involved and then promote another event that's centrally located for all four or five of those larger player bases so that we can do events in another area. Yep. Yep. And there you go, man. I mean, spreading the love. Good stuff. All right. Well, we got, uh, we got the question of the day coming up. Hey gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we got the question of the day coming up, so we are uh, we're ready for this. Now I know we mentioned this a little bit before uh, in, earlier in the show, but here it is, man. We are going to get the official answers to the question of the day right now, and we're going to throw this first at Randy, the nicest guy in tabletop wargaming, and then we're going to go uh, we're going to go to Justin, and we're going to go to uh, Chuck since we kind of threw him in the barrel first last week on the question of the day. So here it is. So Randy. Will the expected summer transition from Age of Sigmar 2.0 to 3.0 be a simply streamlined version of Age of Sigmar, or will it offer a radical change to the play style and meta for the game? I think if they change anything, it will be the like command point structure, kind of like they did with 40k, 
either making more more abilities use them or in in more you know generate you know generation of points but like you know i think the the core of the rules are pretty solid you know like you know here or there like fixing a couple of things but you know the, the main thing i can see them changing is actually like i said the command point structure so wow that was a good one man i didn't even think about that so you think they're going to tie in the command point structure to kind of the how we're doing it or how we're how how they're doing it in 40k versus how it's happening right now in age of sigmar yeah because they gave everyone you know in the past you know two years whatever they gave everyone those 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 three book ones and then now three in the the general's handbook trying them out you know and i, and I think you know more and more scrolls coming out and you know generating one a turn is all right but you know i i, I could see them you know up in the ante or making you know maybe command abilities that cost two or three and you know like similar to you know 40k because like, like it they do they do try stuff in one and then go to the other and go back and forth so okay yeah well i think so. that's uh that's that's a good one justin what do you think man it, it with, with the with the expected summer release of, of age of sigmar 3.0 transitioning from age of sigmar 2.0 to 3.0 uh, are they going to streamline the version of the of age of sigmar or do you think there's going to be some radical changes to the play style and meta for for the game i think we're looking at some radical changes I think oh. we're going to see. I think we're going to see Battleshock get completely revamped. I think we're going to see the Age of Shooting because we're already working our way towards it, and we're going to see a whole new rule set for how shooting works. Um, I think we're going to see a changes to hit ratios and how hit works in terms of where your pluses and where your minus are and what generates them because there's too much of it. There's okay. too many things. There's way too many things that give you stacking hit. So all of a sudden you got a four plus to hit model that's hitting on twos, you know, because they're picking up plus one here, plus one there, and then they can re-roll it on top of all that. So I think we're going to see some pretty, pretty radical changes in terms of way things are hitting, way things shoot, flyers, uh, terrain rules. I think we're going to actually see mo like modified terrain rules in the new edition, things of that matter, because a lot of this stuff kind of came down from 40K. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, that's uh, that was that was again. You and Randy both uh, could knock me over with a feather on those answers. I wasn't really expecting that. But uh, but Chuck, same thing back to you, man. With the with the expected summer transition from Age of Sigmar 2.0 to 3.0, uh, will it be simply a streamlined version of the game, or is it, there going to be some radical changes in, in play style for the for the meta in the game with 3.0? Uh, you know, I I think we're going to see moderate changes. I don't know if I would turn them uh, as technically radical or minimal. But uh, one thing I could see is them going the way of the monster in the next edition. Oh, wow. I think with the release of like the Mega Gargant book um, and seeing how well that that sold in 2020, I know it was COVID, but uh, I think the push is going to be larger models, whether they be new demon princes for Slave to Darkness, because we just saw Bellicor got released, which that could be a multi-use kit where you could convert uh, lesser uh bellicors you know and have multiple uh demon princes running around in your army but some type of shift to what we saw in the seventh to eighth edition where it was uh stomp and thunder stomp i think we're either going to have some type of mortal wound ability with monsters to where they charge in and they inflict mortal wounds or they some type of wound at some negative it may not be a mortal wound mm -hmm. specifically or where at the end of combat they do additional damage if still alive so that there will be um, a, there's going to be a push for armies to take 
larger monster or behemoth models in, in the army. Now, whether or not we see, uh, there could be the yin and yang. The yin could be the monster rules. The yang could be uh, unit size rules where you're getting bonuses right. to your bravery more so than what we see now. Um, or because of the size of your unit, we may see additional attacks or minus one to hit or plus one to hit in combat, something to that effect. All right. Well, I like that answer. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of a good... I'm Not that I didn't like the other ones, but the other ones were, I really didn't expect. I mean, I got a feeling that, that the game going into 3.0 isn't going to change that drastically. I think they're going to add in things like unit strength. I think they're already tickling that when you've got, you know, might, you know, might makes right with the ogres being, you know, worth multiple models, gargans being worth multiple models, some seraphon units also the same, same way. Uh, I think that we're headed in that direction but I, I think coming out of the pandemic, lack of tournaments, not a lot of um, you know um, you know tournament recording of place of, of you know playability for the armies, play testing things like that is down. I don't know how daring a company that has had record years over the past two years really wants to really wants to be with some radical changes. Um, I think people are kind of. Um, looking to knock the rust off and get out there. I mean, we've seen it. We, I mean, at our war meets, we have people that, that come up that haven't, that haven't been out gaming in months. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys are real-life people with dice. They've been, they've been playing the simulator till they can, you know, puke. And I think, in my thought, I would find it a better business model if GW were to just say, you know, I think we're going to boil the frog slowly. But the reason why I came up with the question, the reason why I thought about the question was, it's a possibility that they might say, let's take it out a whole new door. I think that's a lesser right. possibility, but I, I, I think that, um, I think they're, I don't think they're going to be as radical. I think, I think the game is going to have a couple of tweaks to it for interest purposes, but I don't, I don't think they're going to rewrite the ship uh, coming out of a, a pandemic and, and, and those kinds of things in, in my thought. And I agree with you there. I, I do. I, yeah. I think, but, but I, in my own, my personal opinion is I think that they are, they're in the weeds because of COVID. So they need to just literally yeah. get righted immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing all these Saturday releases and these Monday model previews. And we're seeing all these units hitting the table just week after week and month after month, there's a release of oh, yeah. something and they're, they're pushing hard. So I think they're trying to right the ship and get back on course and just say, okay, COVID would be damned. We're or our battle plan here and be done right. with it. Well, we're going to have to see. I mean, it's going to be right around the corner. And like I said, I, I think I think uh, it's it's a perfect storm for all that um, to, to come to fruition. I think I think Age of Sigmar 3.0 is going to be well-received. I think it's going to be a huge receipt be, because people want to get the hell out of their basement and they actually want to start gaming again and give them something to look forward to. But good uh, good topic so far, gang. Well, I got the closing thoughts, and I know that uh, I'm actually going to, going to have a normal one this time around. I'm not going to um, do one of my do one of my crazy ones because there's, there's something I did want to kind of say to everybody. Um, you know, on tonight's show, we, we've talked about gaming clubs and they being the glue that, that keeps the community together. Uh, and I do. I really believe that. I really, really do. I, I believe that the clubs should be all the things and more that we spoke about this evening. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and quite frankly, my gaming club is the best group of gamers that I've ever been around, period. And I mean that. Um, can you all you say the same? I hope you can. Yeah. I really do. I really, yeah. I really hope you. I really hope you can. Um, in my gaming club, the Grimdark Gang, uh, we meet on Saturdays for our war meets, as you've heard us kind of banter on at, at GameStorm, uh, at our which is our home store in uh, Lamont, Illinois. Uh, the this club of ours offers 
a lot to everyone. Um, and, and it really offers uh, everything to everyone that you could imagine to have in it, if that makes sense. Uh, in our club, we have people that are liberals, conservatives, straight, gay, religious, atheist, veterans, non-veterans, uh, all types of education levels and many different makeups and backgrounds, uh, fully inclusive and, and, and welcoming, uh, if, if you really want to know the truth. And the reason why we can accomplish this, uh, and, and the club is growing large, by the way, I want to say. I, I, th I think I would, I would dare to say that I don't know that anyone's got a larger club than, than we have. Um, is because of the environment that we've cultivated through this game. The dice, the lore, uh, the game is our escape from all of the, the things that the real world uh, would tell us that have to divide us, right? Um, yep. And it, it is in this is our escape. We, we have become closer, true friends. Uh, all the differences we have can be damned, uh, you know, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, none of that crap matters. And because in the end, at that tabletop, it's just my ogres versus their Slanesh or their Lumineth or their Bone Reapers or Chuck's damn Stormcast. Um, that's our identifiers. That's our friendship. Can you guys out there watching the show right now and listening, can you say the same? Or I should put it this way, can you honestly say the same? Maybe. Maybe not. But I'm proud I can. And everyone mm -hmm. else in the Grimdark gang can definitely, definitely, definitely say the same. And, you know, I, I told you before that I was going to say it again, and, and, and I'm going to say it again right now. Um, and that's birds of a feather flock together. Uh, this game only cultivates what you already are. Good people build around like-minded folks. Jagoffs, well, they do too, and they generally end up failing. And this is why so many groups fail, uh, and very few succeed. And I'm proud to be the few, uh, proud of my group. And for everybody out there watching right now, I wish you guys our kind of success. I really do. So that's it. That's, uh, that's, that's what I got. And that's the show, man. That's a wrap. So, so uh, what do you guys think, man? We, did we do good tonight or what folks? We did good. Space wolves. <laughs> Only the faithful. See, Justin, you had to get Chuck all wound up. We were having a perfectly good show until you got them all wound up on the storm. Hey, well, yeah, yeah you're <laughs> taking the garbage out tonight after the show, pal. That's all I'm saying. It's Tuesday night. I had to take out the garbage. All right. Well, look, look what you've done to Randy. He's, he's, you know, he's not even sure he's going to come In back for another couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, time, time to fall asleep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, and also to, to, to you three on the show, thank you guys for being awesome showmates, clubmates, all that kind of stuff. You guys are, you guys are awesome people. Thank you. Um, yep. And to all you grimdark goons out there, man, you guys are awesome too. And, and all of us would like to thank all of you, uh, our listeners. Uh, for another great show, we look forward to having you back next time. We discuss all things related to dice dragons, demons, and dwarves in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us uh, soon, next uh, next Tuesday maybe. Uh, no, actually, I think we're going to be uh, taking the day off that day, and we'll be back the week after. But also, don't forget to uh, hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast. So until then, till we meet again, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. Night, everybody. Bye. Night. Night. Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a frickin' short pants. 
can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice chucking blue sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>